0: chapter 6, verse 63, Jesus said, the words that I speak unto you, they are spirit and they are life. A warm welcome to the refreshing word of Calvary Baptist Church. You are in for an uplifting time
1: in God's word. Enjoy the message. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Indeed. In the olden days or the early church, they used to greet each other with these greetings. And when I greet, and you know the answer, join me. He is risen. What do you say? He is risen indeed. He is risen. He is risen indeed. Let's say the last time, He is risen. He is risen indeed. That's how the Christians greeted each other, because Jesus is risen. Death has been conquered Satan has been disgraced the principalities and powers were ashamed because their plan didn't work and the church had a song that they sang thine be the glory risen conquering son endless is the victory thou over death hast won angels in bright raiment rolled the stone away kept the folded grave clothes Where the body lay, Thine be the glory, Risen conquering Son, Endless is the victory Thou over death hast won. Let's pray. Our gracious God, we thank you that we can come to you this year, renew our faith and our confidence in you because you are risen. Death could not conquer you because you are the giver of life. You humbled yourself to die on the cross for us and you rose again to show that that gift has been accepted by the Father. You sit at the right hand Make an intercession for us to the right number comes in when you will return. May your words to us this day be a source of encouragement, be a source of energy, be a source of illumination in Jesus' name. Amen. Today, my title or the message is that the resurrection is real. The resurrection is real. When we were growing up in a little town in the Volta region there was a house that was constantly locked up very beautiful house what is the story behind this house they it say it's a haunted house ghosts live in that house as mischievous boys we tiptoe there in the night to see if we can find the ghosts we never saw them We never heard anything. All we could hear sometimes is the wind, eerie winds blowing through the trees of the house, echoing through the buildings. But the people in the town believed that they were ghosts and they believed that those ghosts were real. There was nothing we could do to convince them. The house didn't belong to us. We didn't have any keys to those rooms, so we couldn't enter. Sometimes people treat Jesus' death, burial, and resurrection as if it is one of those ghost stories. It is not. In Mark's Gospel, chapter 16, verses 1 to 13, we read the account, Mark's account, of the resurrection of Jesus. And we see 11 convincing proofs that Jesus died, Jesus was buried, and Jesus rose again. Why? So that you will not be going around buildings saying they are occupied by ghosts. But you live your life believing that your Lord is alive. He's for you. He's with you. And He's coming again. Let's read Mark chapter 16 from verse 1 to 13. Now when the Sabbath was passed, Mary Magdalene, Mary the mother of James, and Salome bought spices that they might come and anoint him. Very early in the morning, on the first day of the week, they came to the tomb when the sun had risen. And they said among themselves, Who will roll away the stone from the door of the tomb for us? But when they looked up, they saw that the stone had been rolled away, for it was very large. And entering the tomb, They saw a young man clothed in a long white robe sitting on the right side, and they were alarmed. But he said to them, do not be alarmed. You seek Jesus of Nazareth, who was crucified. He is risen. He is not here. See the place where they laid him. But go, tell his disciples and Peter that he is going before you into Galilee. There you will see him, as he said to you. So they went out quickly and fled from the tomb, for they trembled and were amazed, and they said nothing to anyone, for they were afraid. Now when he arose early on the first day of the week, he appeared first to Mary Magdalene, out of whom he cast out seven demons. She went out and told those who had been with him as they mourned and wept. And when they heard that he was alive and he had been seen by her, they did not believe her. After that, he appeared in another form to two of them as they walked and went into the country. And they went and told it to the rest, but they did not believe them either. May the Lord bless the reading of His word to our hearts so that we will not be like the unbelievers who heard that Jesus had died and they didn't believe. and there are still people today whose job on this resurrection day or around the Easter period is to try and convince you that Jesus didn't die, he wasn't buried and he doesn't live. May the Lord cause you to hear. The 11 proofs and draw you closer to your Lord and live for him. Amen. 11 proofs of the resurrection. Mark's gospel, we are told, is one of the oldest accounts in the Bible, in the New Testament at least, and recounts the stories in a very short form so that people can easily learn it and understand it to build their faith in Christ. And here he assembles some of the things that will show that Jesus resurrected. The first was the sad and despairing women. We are told that these women followed Jesus. They loved him and they knew he had died because they were there when he was crucified. They were there when his bones could not be broken because he was already dead. They were there when he was stabbed and water and blood came out. He was there when they took him down can bury him. Three days later on, we are told these women were going to be sure that they would embalm him properly so that he would not decay. Worms would not eat him up. And when they were going, they bought spices that they might anoint him. If you know what spices are, spices, in our context in Ghana, we say it is pepper, <laughs> it is all kinds of uh, uh, champong grass, those preservatives, sicony and all these smelly things that, spices, that will just preserve things, change the taste, change the smell, and preserve bodies. Salt and all that preserve bodies from decomposing. They bought the spices. In fact, some accounts say what they bought could be about 70 pounds or 70 kilos. So early in the morning, they went there. This is what they were carrying. So these sad and despairing women were sad because they had witnessed the burial. They bought the spices to anoint his body so that he would be preserved from decaying. (laughs) What that means is simple. If Jesus had not died before they went, if he was in a coma, as some would say, by the time they stopped his nose, his ears, and all his entrails, with the spices they had bought, he would have been killed. If not, you try. Sometimes when people are cutting onion in front of some of us, we start sneezing. But you can just imagine 70 kilos of this being poured on you. So they bought it. They were going to spice him. If they knew that he was not dead, would they have bought the spices? No way. They wouldn't have bought it. They weren't there. These were practical, sensible, thinking women who loved the Lord and who wanted his body to be preserved. They were convinced that he was dead. And what they were worrying about was who was going to roll the stone away for us. Because the stone was heavy. Big stone put at the outside of the tomb so that nobody will roll the stone away. And mind you, Jesus himself, after he died, he was tied completely like a mummy. The head, the hands were all tied and put down there. It wasn't possible for him to get up and push the stone. So they were wondering, who is going to move the stone away for us to see this body? But by the time they got there, praise the Lord, The stone had been rolled away. And the question is, who rolled the stone away? It cannot be the dead body. Have you ever seen any dead body in any cemetery push the stones? Or I've heard stories about people who have been buried alive. But sometimes they knock, or sometimes people are digging, or people suspect that somebody was buried alive. As a story recently we heard from one of our villages, When the boy was not dead, he was rescued. But this one, the stone was rolled away. Certainly, not by the dead body that was in it. If he were truly dead, the stone was rolled away. The third proof we have is that they went into the tomb. These women were brave. Oh, thank God for women. Thank God for faith. You see, the faith we have in God is not a blind faith. These people who wrote this gospel were willing to accept that. They had fears. But these men were saying, we went into it. We went to look. The olden days, if you Google, you see it. Where the buried people was like a chamber in a hall. There's a chamber and there's a hall. Or there's an out and there's an in. So you have the stone closing the main entrance. But when you remove the stone, there's a slab there. When they went there, They saw a young man in a long white robe. He sat on the right hand. They were frightened. Say, who is this? Who is this young man? In fact, when when you read verse 6, the story you read is incredible. They were alarmed. Clothed in long white robes sitting on the right hand, they were alarmed. But he said to them, do not be alarmed. You seek Jesus of Nazareth who was crucified. He is risen. He is not here. See the place where they laid him. So instead of Jesus, they saw someone else, a young man, sitting down there. Let me suggest to you that that was an angel. And the reason why the tomb was opened, the reason why the women went in and heard the man, was for them to be convinced that they are not dreaming. They are not having hallucination. He spoke to them. Look at where they laid him. They were there, so they knew where they put him. They were frightened. He commanded them with authority. And he said, he's risen. He's risen. So the fourth proof is that apart from the young man in the long white robes, they looked and they saw that the body of Jesus was missing because the body wasn't there. He was gone. He wasn't. At best, what they saw was the grave clothes. He was gone, the same type of grave clothes that Lazarus had. When Jesus commanded Lazarus come forth, and he came forth, the man was probably hopping, 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 because the power rose him up. But it took Jesus to give another commandment: untie him, and they untied Lazarus before he could walk. Now he said, Jesus' body was gone; the body was missing. He had moved out and left the grave clothes there for people to see. Oh, hallelujah. That's the Lord we serve. The body was missing. When these women saw this, they were just overjoyed. They couldn't believe it, that he's risen. They were confused with joy. They could not think about anything else except to say, wow, what exactly has happened? They had never experienced such a thing. Now they were experiencing something very real, very unique. Jesus is risen. He's not in the tomb. He's gone. What were they supposed to do? Verse 7, they did what every reasonable person would do. They were told, but go and tell his disciples and Peter that he's going before you to Galilee. There you will see him as he said to you. So the women were supposed to take the good news. Run with it. Go and tell the disciples. And the young man singled out Peter. Go and tell them. Go and tell them. So they left and they were running with the news. They were running. It says they, they went out quickly and fled from the tomb. Wow! What is this? And they couldn't tell anybody. They trembled. They were amazed. In other Gospels, we are told that because Jesus had said he would rise on the third day, people were waiting. And anything that should happen, people had been bribed to say the disciples had stolen him. And all of them knew. So if these people are running with the news, he's risen, he's risen. And these were poor women, they could have caught them, beaten them, sidetracked them, buried them alive. So they were running with the news. Oh, have you ever had good news that you want to tell somebody you want to be the first to share it? And that's what they were doing that day. They were running. And then they saw Peter. And can you imagine what they said to Peter? Peter, we've gone there. We've seen the master. He's no longer there. So, and the, the, the thing is that the Lord sent a compassionate and encouraging word to Peter. Why? Because Peter had betrayed his Lord. Peter had said, I don't know him. And he needed to hear the love of Jesus. So go and tell the disciples, but tell Peter in particular. They have risen. That was his fifth proof. The sixth one said, this is what he had promised. The promise that they would kill me. I will be buried, but I will rise again. This is the Lord's promise. So I'm risen. And the seventh one, the women were afraid and they just ran with the news. They couldn't tell anyone. They couldn't tell anyone at all. If they knew for sure that he had risen, just like you and I know today, oh, they would have blown it. Some cameramen would have followed them to go and take a picture and blow it. But they were not sure what was happening. But they knew one thing, the tomb was empty. And their are energized lives. And they are running. The momentum they had. The zeal they had. The fire they had. As these women. Showed that he was the one. Then the eighth proof we had. What we have is verses 9 and 10. It's amazing. Mary Magdalene had almost given up on Jesus. Because she loved him. She was there. And look how they describe him. Now, When he arose on the first day of the week, he first appeared to Mary Magdalene, out of whom he had cast seven demons. This Mary Magdalene occupied a special place in the life of Jesus Christ. The woman had troubles, problems, and she's described here as a woman who had seven demons that were cast out of him. Because Jesus had been so merciful to him, somebody who was an outcast, was not loved by anybody. She owed her life to Jesus. She prepared his body. She was willing to be there for him, sacrifice for him. And we are told she was the last person to leave that place. She was there. She was there. And she was broken because the Lord had died. The Lord is not, not going to resurrect But Jesus had word for her. Go and tell Mary, I am risen. It's like the Lord telling those of you who believe in him. You may be going through some difficulty today. A difficulty with your marriage, with your health, with your finance, with a certain situation. You love the Lord and you cannot understand just what is going on. The word of the Lord to you that he has sent to Mary Magdalene is saying, Don't give up. I am risen. I am risen. I know how much you love. You see, Jesus had told some people earlier on, when all these people were pouring their hearts on him, people said, why, why, why are you pouring something on Jesus? Why do you love him so much? He said, to whom much is forgiven. Those who are forgiven little, love little. But those who are forgiven much, love much. And that was the story of Mary Magdalene. And that can be your story today that the resurrected Jesus knows who you are and is willing to come into your life, come to your situation, walk along with you and see. And that's what is personal about Jesus. He may be working with people, but he knows you by name. He knows what your need is. Let me take these two examples. You see, he knew Peter would have condemned himself. I betrayed my Lord, so he isolated him. Go and tell the disciples, but tell Peter also, I am going to Galilee, as I told you. Peter said, me? Me? The Lord said, tell me. He said, yes. As he said, he will rise up. He has told you. Go and meet him there. Peter will be thinking, ah, is it the same Jesus? Let me check him out. Because I betrayed him so badly, I cannot believe it. Resurrected Jesus still remembers but learn another thing. The death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus did not wipe his memory away. He's God. He is the son of God. He never forgets anything. He never forgets his promises. He never forgets those who love him. He never forgets what they are going through. And so Mary Magdalene, out of whom he had cast seven demons, who was totally broken, said, go and tell her, I am risen. Mary, I am risen. Be brave, be confident, be courageous. And I say, that is his word to you also. So he made an appearance to Mary Magdalene. And when she saw him, oh, look at verse 10. It was so exciting. When Mary saw it, she went and told those who had been with him, and they mourned and they wept. She went and told those who had been with him as they mourned and wept. Let me see. They mourned and were weeping that he's dead. But when this lady went and told them, they rejoiced. They rejoiced. Verse 11 says, and when they heard that he was alive and had been seen by her, they did not believe him. Oh, hallelujah. They did not believe him. Why didn't they believe him? They had never seen it before. Their immediate reaction was unbelief. He didn't believe it. Let me say again that those who Jesus put around him were not people who were easy meat. They had their doubts. You remember a man called Thomas. Even when Jesus had resurrected and many had seen him, and they told him, he said, "No, I will not believe. I will not believe unless I see him, and unless." I touch him unless I see the wounds in his hands and unless I see the wounds on his side, I will not believe. That was Thomas, one of his disciples. Of course, when you have an honest doubt about Jesus and he knows you are an honest person trying to find the truth, not, not those academic ones who just raise questions because they want to be academic. He will reveal himself to you. So one day when all the doors were locked and everybody was there, and Thomas was there, Jesus came. Thomas, say, Come here. Yes, my hand. Yes, my side. Touch me. And Thomas knelt down. My Lord and my God. Jesus said, Oh, now that you have seen me, you call me, my Lord, my, my God. And he said, Blessed are you who have not seen, but who believe. Friends, that's one of the keys to being a solid believer in Jesus. We walk not by sight, but by faith. We, we, we work with all these examples that have been given in the Bible. The pioneers, the patriarchs, the matriarchs, what they've gone through, what they've recorded here, is what we stand on. Our faith, the unshakable faith we have in God, is based on the solid evidence of these men and women who have gone through the mill and who came to the other side to say, he's risen. So the ninth Proof, the immediate unbelief of these disciples, it was proof. The 10th, is that well, Jesus had died, he'd been buried. The 12 disciples locked themselves, or 11 at this time, locked themselves in the room somewhere where they were crying and wondering what to do, whether the Jews would come and take them also and kill them. Two of the disciples were walking, as we know I refer to them, and the disciples were walking on the road to Emmaus. As they were walking, they were discussing all of these things that happened. Jesus died, Jesus was buried. We thought he was the one, went to overthrow the Roman government, and now this and that. And as they were walking, somebody came and joined them. They were so engrossed in their gossip, in their all this confusion. They were just talking, talking, talking among themselves. The person joined them, they had no idea who he was and he was talking, talking, they were talking. I said, what are you talking about? Are we the only stranger in Jerusalem? Haven't you heard this Jesus? He did a lot of good things, signs, and wonders. Even on last Sunday, something happened. Good Friday, something happened. Today is Sunday, and some of the women, you know, women and their stories, they have come to say, He's risen. What are we supposed to do with this? We are going home. Let's go and rest. We've had enough of this fairy tale. Let's go. And Jesus said, Oh, really? He began telling them preaching to them a sermon that I would love to hear. That's why I want to go to heaven, to hear Jesus again telling me from the book beginning to the end how everything is about him. And they were hearing, they heard it, and they were so excited. And you know the story, when they got to the place, Jesus pretended as if he was going to pass them. So Lord, let's come home. Let's feed you. Let's go home. And as soon as he got to their home, they put food on the table he took the bread and he prayed over it, and their eyes opened. Say, It's the Lord, it is the Lord. And he was gone. And he said, Didn't our hearts burn within us warmly? So, the appearance to the two disciples was the tenth proof on that day that he's risen. But the last one that we are told, verse 13, is that the disciples still continued to be unbelievers. And they went and told it to the rest, but they did not believe them either. So when these two from Emmaus went back and told the rest, they still did not believe. But well, that's where we end the story now because Jesus appeared to them and forced them to now see and confirm. And that's why for the next years, They gave their whole life to Jesus. That's why we have the gospel with us now. That's why when his power came on them on the day of Pentecost, they were on fire because he now met them, preached to them, ministered to them. They saw him physically as the Lord and they worshipped him as the resurrected Lord. 2,000 years later, he's still available for you and I. Would you be like those who did not believe Or will you join those who believe and see the power of the transformation? Just think about how these 11 disciples were transformed from unbelief. To believers, how they covered the world with the gospel the resurrected Jesus Christ left them to preach. The good news, he forgives sins, he lives and is coming again. Have a happy Easter. Not just the story of it, but the transformed life that spares you on. To live for him, witness for him, be willing to do what he has called you to do. He's coming again soon. Stay blessed. In Jesus' name, amen.
0: just heard the radio broadcast from Calvary Baptist Church, headed by Reverend Dr. Fred Egbe. We trust you've been blessed. Do join us on Sunny FM every Saturday from eight to eight thirty PM for an awesome time in the Word of God. Locate us right opposite the Mr. Bigs Restaurant in Adabraka, near the Kwame Nkrumah Interchange, as well. We're in Shiashi, across the motorway from the Accra Mall. In OEB, we're near the Cares Valley Event Center at the Goyal Filling Station. Our Amasamain campus is on the Danbridge Montessori School premises near the Amasamain Government Hospital. Again, we're in Botiano opposite the Bortiano Polyclinic. Otherwise, follow us on Facebook at Calvary Baptist Church GH and on YouTube at Calvary Baptist Church TV or email us via Ghana at yahoo.com. You can also call us on 024-369-0485 or 302 eight five four or reach us on WhatsApp number 0200 181680. God bless you.